0: Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We've got a special show for you today. We're going to talk with now former USC Trojan safety Chris Hawkins about his time at USC and getting ready for the NFL draft. So we're going to talk to him. If you have any questions or comments for our show, as always, drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com or you can call or text 424 254 Nine one four one. Send 9141 send us a voicemail you can leave us a voicemail send us a text at 424-254-9141 no questions though today though because we're just going to have a conversation with chris hawkins you can follow him on twitter at seahawk underscore four the former four-star cornerback way back from the class of 2013 is now graduated from usc and moving on chris thanks so much for coming on how you doing man
1: oh thank you for having me uh i'm doing great you know just Focusing on training, you know, getting ready, you know, for the next stage of my life. So, I mean, it's, it's been eventful. You know, I'm just ready, you know, for everything to be over with. So,
0: after the, the Cotton Bowl, you weren't, no more school. Is that just kind of weird? I remember when, like, my college career ended. It's kind of like, not like it was a career. It was just being in college. Like, no more going to class. That's got to be a weird feeling.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty, you know, different. Not getting up, you know, for class. <laughs> you know, really motivating yourself to really actually go to class so i mean it was pretty different i mean but i guess i mean if you don't have a job in the real world i mean i guess that's what it's like
0: yeah it's uh it's 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 a change it's a you know it's a change when you go from high school to college and then from college to whatever is next and obviously the hope here the nfl would be next uh what are you kind of doing uh for your preparations there a certain team you're working with or what are you doing to kind of get ready for the draft and for USC's pro day which is uh March 21st
1: yeah i mean i'm down here in uh Thousand Oaks uh California uh just working with the proactive team you know we got a good group of guys down here and a you know a great training staff i've been working with them for some time now and you know it's it's going great right now you know i really can't complain i'm seeing a lot of changes within my body you know, really not being able to really focus on my nutrition as I should have. You know, in college, now I'm able to really, you know, hone down on. You know, I mean, when you get up every day and it's just workouts, and you come home, and like video games. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty different, you know, than than going to class. You know, going to study hall and doing all those type of things that you do in regular college. The uh you
0: mentioned the nutrition stuff. Now, there's nutrition there, but is it more? Was it just? because there were so much other things going on, it's kind of hard to just focus on that, where when all you're doing is training, that's something you can really put all your attention towards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, USC, they provided everything, I mean, that you need, I mean, to be successful in college. I mean, but when you're running around all the time, it's it's, it's hard to stick to certain meals, hard to stick to certain things. And now, when I'm just, you know, working out, getting rehab. You know, getting massages and things like that. Everything is football. So, you know, I'm able to really, you know, stick to my nutrition and stick to everything that I need to do to be successful.
0: Um, I want to talk. So the NFL Combine starts this week. You had a very mm-hmm. productive career uh, at USC. Uh, this past year, you were second on the team in tackles with 88, six and a half, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, a pick, a pass breakup and a forced fumble. In the Pac-12 title game alone, you had 14 tackles, two tackles for loss and a forced fumble. And over a career, 234 tackles. That's a lot. Uh, 13 tackles for loss, 14, uh, four sacks, four picks, six pass breakups, two fumble recoveries with one touchdown in there and a, a long touchdown and, uh, three forced fumbles. So a lot of production over your time at USC. What, what do you think happened? Why, you know, you didn't get an invite to the combine and do you think? you'll still get a good opportunity with USC's pro day.
1: Uh you know, Ryan, I can't I can't really tell you. You know, to be honest, I mean, I thought I was I mean, a shoe-in to at least get the combine invite. You know, I thought you know, after the season I was going to get, you know, more love from you know, more national love, as you would say, you know, the spotlight on you and everything like that, but you know, it did, it didn't pan out. You know, nothing in my career has ever, you know, panned out like it should have. You know, I mean, be, coming in, I mean, we'll just talk about later in my career, you know, having the season that I had this year, no disrespect to any any player, I mean, in our conference. But for me to not, you know, not to toot my own horn, but for me to not, you know, make an all-Pac-12 team, you know, it's pretty crazy, you yeah. know, in, in its own right. You know, so, you know, I really wasn't, you know, I really wasn't paying no mind. You know, I thought it was a given. But when it didn't happen, you know, I just I just put my head down. You know, USC made the post about who all made it. And in the comments, there were some, some fans, some USC fans that were pretty, you know, distraught that I didn't get the opportunity to go. But, you know, it is what it is. There's really nothing I can do now. I mean, but except watch. I mean, it's coming up this week. And, yeah. I mean, all I can do is watch, you know, just keep grinding, you know. Uh, All I can say, this gives me another opportunity, you know, to keep getting better, you know, while they got to go perform right now, I get another three weeks, you know, to help myself, you know, maintain, you know, the progress that I've been making.
0: Do you think you will get a good opportunity at the pro day? I mean, obviously you got a guy like Sam Darnold who's going to throw at the pro day. There should be plenty of scouts there. So it seems like you would have an opportunity to shine for some scouts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, you know, I've been told over this whole process to just, you know, stay the course. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I'll get. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of scouts and a lot of teams know I can play football. You know, they're questioning, you know, my measurables, how fast I'm gonna run, you know, how high I can jump, and everything like that. You know, and that, and that's the same with a lot of players every year. You know, you got those great football players who are very good at football, but they get judged on intangibles. And you know, it, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's, it's the kind of the world that we live in today. You know, so, you know, I'll be ready, you know, when the time comes. And I'm sure I'll get a shot. I mean, I've, I've had a, a good enough career at USC to where, I mean, USC is a football factory, so they know exactly what I can bring to the table.
0: The uh So, like, if you're a junior, like Sam Darnold and some of the guys are underclassmen, they would submit paperwork to kind of see where they would be in the NFL draft. Was that something that you did maybe last year, or is there any kind of submission or something happens do you get is there any sort of feedback you would get early on uh about the NFL draft I don't, I don't know what the process is if something like that happened for you
1: yeah I'm at the end of at the end of last I mean two years ago, at the end of my junior year yeah me and my dad I mean we sat down and talked about everything you know whether we wanted to you know stay at SC or you know find another route for me but you know ultimately you know we thought you know you stand at USC another year would be best for me you know, we had a great talk with the D coordinator and everything like that. And, yeah, we we asked for a submission from the, uh, the NFL on, on that paperwork. And, I mean, we kind of knew what it was going to say, you know, before it even came back. I mean, just being, I mean, a realist and being, I mean, smart about who you are and what kind of player you are. So we just wanted to see where, where their minds were at. So you do that. And, I mean, ultimately it was in my best interest to stay at USC and I mean it worked out for the best. I mean, I had a great I mean, a great senior year. I mean, I was team captain. I mean, pac 12 champions. I mean, there's nothing more, you know, I can even ask for.
0: The um I want to kind of go back. We'll start like with the early on, on your career. So, if people didn't know, you actually came in as a cornerback and uh you were an Army All-American. Uh we used to cover you uh back in the day. I remember, yeah, I was there at uh I was there in San Antonio. Um do you remember that trip at all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: there there was some. Oh man, I I can't remember now. There was some weird, some kind of weird recruiting story that was going on. I, I don't remember, but was there anything kind of memorable from that that you uh like kind of like wow, this is what college is going to be like or anything?
1: Uh, I mean that game was. I mean, I remember going out to that game. I was trying to get you know my uh my fifth star. You know, I was at the time I was one of the highly rated four stars. And you know, going to that game, you want to put on your best show. I mean, especially if you want, you know, your fifth star, you want to be labeled as a five star. So that's, just, I mean, me being a competitor, I wanted to, you know, go out there and show that I can compete with the best of them. And I was able to go out there and compete. You know, Tre'Davious White, me and him were the starting corners for our team. Me, Tre'Davious White was the first time draft pick uh, last year for the, uh, the Buffalo Bills out of LSU. And I mean, we competed all week. You know, and I mean, ultimately it came down to, you know, my size, basically. I mean, I was 150, I weighed in at the NFTC where I went MVP. I weighed in at 159 pounds. Okay. So, I mean, there was no way I could be a, you know, a five star at that size. But, you know, I just wanted to show everybody that I can compete. I can compete with anybody in the country. And that's the type of. You know, that's the type of mentality I've had, you know, throughout my whole career. And after that game, I remember they came out with the new rankings. And I was, uh, there was 34, I mean, there were 33 five stars. And I was the number 34 player overall. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I missed it by one spot. You know, but it, it, I mean, it just goes to show you, that, I mean, stars aren't everything, regardless of it, of anything. Any high school player, I mean, even listening or anything like that. I mean, stars are just stars. I mean, it's, it's a label. We've had a lot of guys at SC who didn't have a lot of stars who ended up becoming our, some of our best players. I mean, you take Ochenna Nuosu, for example. You know, he was our best defensive player last year. I mean, our best player on the team, period, regardless of anybody. And he didn't have a star to his name. You know, when he, he was got he like on a campus. three
0: star guy, Chris. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But but three. But he stars, wasn't a four like,
1: star, yeah. A three star coming to USC, that's kind of like. Yes. I mean, they don't really, you know, think <laughs> of you as a real, you know, threat to really be the best, you know, that you guys have to offer. So it it, it just goes to show you that I mean, no matter what, through hard work, anybody can become anything they want to be.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, certainly you, you've seen him develop, and he was more of like a safety kind of guy. Yeah, he was
1: skinny, skinny neck and everything. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, football takes a while to develop, you know, basketball. If you're 16 years old and you look like LeBron, like, yeah, you're going to be in the NBA, but it's hard. And, you know, for, for college football, it's just so different. And you developed, obviously, I mean, you end up moving from corner to safety and then, uh, putting on weight too. So how how was that changed for you?
1: Uh, it was, I mean, it was kind of weird at first because I mean, you, you covered me in high school. You've always known me as a skinny, you know, a real frail kind of guy. You know, I was never, I mean, the biggest. And for me to move to safety and them telling me I have to put on weight. I mean, cause when I played, when I was starting as a redshirt freshman, uh, I was probably a hundred and, uh, like 70, 73 pounds, 74 pounds. And, you know, that's, that's just what I knew. I was, I was always a, a frail type of guy. So. For me to have to move to safety, and they want me to weigh somewhere between 188 and 190, 195, you know, it, it was it was different for me. I mean, I remember my uh, my redshirt sophomore year, I, I was starting at safety, and by the end of the season, I was 195 pounds, but it felt it felt nasty. Really? It, huh. Yeah, it it didn't feel right to me. You know, I didn't feel like I was moving fast enough. I didn't feel like I had enough explosion. And so you just go through. You go through different stages, I mean, in your career. I mean, I remember breaking all that down after my sophomore year, after we played, uh, I think it was Wisconsin in the bowl game, in the holiday bowl. I remember, uh, going home, you know, and me not being okay with the weight I was at. I went back down to 178 and just brought it up steadily for myself at my own pace. And I was able to do that. And now I'm, I mean, 195 now. But now it's a more controlled, you know, I'm strong enough now.
0: Okay. Is that, is that where you want to be like for the, you know, for the comp, for the pro day and stuff, like 195? Is that about where you wanted to be?
1: Yeah. Any, anywhere from 190 to 195 is where I'll be at.
0: Okay. Um, well, you know, you made the move. There's one of the people want to talk. They they always talk about your boy, uh, Iman Marshall, Biggie. People talk about, hey, do you think he's going to move? Do you think he would consider it? Do you think he should from moving from corner
1: to safety? No, he shouldn't consider it. He's a a fabulous corner. A lot of people, you know, a lot of the fans feel like he should have a 1,000 picks and everything like that. But if you you think about the type of defense we play, we don't play a defense. We don't play a lot of zones. Where you get in pick. a lot of people play zones where you get picks, you know. Uh, the, the guy from uh, uh, what school is that? Uh, is it Iowa State or oh, Iowa? Iowa, Doc Jackson.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's Iowa. They, they yeah. play,
1: they play a, a lot of zone over there, so it's, it's easy for him to you know read the QB and get picks. We play a lot of man coverage. I mean, he was he he was he was fantastic for us last year. He, he played he played well for us, you know. A lot of people don't see that. But we know what's going on inside, you know, our facility, because if he wasn't playing good, then he wouldn't be on the field. I mean, we have one of the realest coaching staffs in America. And if you're not playing good, then you're not going to play regardless. So he should stay where he's at, keep doing what he's doing. And he's going to make a lot of money in the future.
0: The, uh, you talk about the defense and I think, you know, credit or whatever I mean, for Clancy Pendergast. I think, you know, he always has a system going in. It does seem to put the corners on islands quite a bit. But it seems pretty uh, helpful for the safeties. It's, it seems to, you know, allow you guys put you guys in positions where sometimes you're up near the line, you're in the box. Uh You all, you know, always see when you get up there, you seem to be getting a sack on the quarterback during big times. What have you thought of Clancy Pendergast over the last couple of years? Uh, you know, him being the defensive coordinator. What, you, what, what have you liked and uh, and seen from him?
1: Uh, I love Clancy. He's one of my favorite coaches that I that I've ever been around. I mean, he has a, a mindset to just attack. Regardless of what team you are, who we're playing against, he's always in attack mode. And that's the reason why, I mean, the safeties, I mean, we blitz, we blitz a lot. You know, we're, when I, whenever I get a chance to blitz, you know, my heart starts pumping, you know, knowing I get a chance to, you know, get my hands on the QB. And it's just the type of defense it is. I mean, knowing, coming in here, you knowing as a corner, you know that you're going to have to play a lot of man coverage. It is what it is. And, and I think a lot of corners like that. Cause if you can play man covers, well, you can easily play zone. Yeah. So you can play man covers and you're going to get paid in the future. Okay. And that's the type of game we live in. You know, when you, when you have man corners, you know, th- those are really valuable in the NFL. And for him to, for them to try to change him and try to make him something that he's not, which is a safety, then it would just do him harm. The, uh, I
0: like, you know, for, you know, there's you know, people criticize everybody, but for Clancy Pendergast, I think the thing that you mentioned is the attacking style and it just seemed to fit the kind of players that USC has. Uh, I think Justin Wilcox has been a, a really good coach. It just, I didn't think it worked all that well at USC because it was more of this kind of read and react sort of thing. They seem to change the defense every week, depending on who you're playing, as opposed to, what Clancy does is more, you know, getting after it and attacking. And, and the, all the athletes USC has, it seems to work better. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it seems to fit the personnel that you guys have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have we have a downhill style of defense. I mean, we like coming to our safeties. We like coming downhill. We like being able to know exactly what we have to do, you know, and when we have to do it. You know, and don't get me wrong, Coach Wilcox was a great coach. I mean, he gave me the opportunity to to play a different position and and it was a a position that I excelled at for him. You know, but his was more, you know, read and react and think, that's where I was able to learn the game, you know, football, playing in two different defenses and knowing two different types of schemes. So, these are two totally different coaches and, I mean, one's working for the style of players that we have and one just wasn't fitting for the type of players that we have. But, when he, when Wilcox went to Wisconsin with those players that he had, he's one of the best defenses in the country.
0: Yeah. And he's doing a good job at Cal too. So, I mean, hiring some really experienced coaches. So, absolutely. One of the, um, I get, well, for you being a captain and being a starter, the fact that there's not a whole lot of rotation on defense probably isn't bad for you. You get to stay on the field the whole time, but that's kind of one of the criticisms that people are saying, like, why isn't there, More rotation. Any kind of thoughts on that where it seems like the starters pretty much play the whole time?
1: Yeah, I mean I mean when you look at the top teams, if you look at a full a full Alabama football game, you don't see them rotate DBs. I mean they may they they you rotate D-line because your D-line has to be first. Those are the big guys, those are the guys that are going to get you through the game. But you don't you don't see teams out here rotating defensive backs. So I was kind of, you know, when I heard people saying I was confused, you know, there's not really a rotation of defensive backs that happen. I mean, Clancy said it last year during camp. He said, I have a starting unit for a reason. Yeah. And I want to be able to put my best guys out there every time.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um, Your position coach, uh, Ronnie Bradford, Again, you know, there's going to be criticism all the time. Some people criticize him for not being involved with recruiting as much. But how would you con- like uh, classify him as a coach? How did you get along with him? Has he worked well for you? Has he helped your game? What What do you think of Ronnie Bradford?
1: Uh, I love Coach Ronnie. He was a he was a great coach. He wasn't just a coach; he was also a personality. You know, within you know the locker room, you know, there's a lot of guys that like him, and. You know, being involved in recruiting, he's he's in he's involved in in recruiting. He's just not involved in the recruiting of the guys that a lot of guys we get. I mean, a lot of our guys are based out of you know Los, you know Los Angeles, or you go the Polynesian route, and those are Johnny, those are Coach Nansen, and and that's Coach T's you know, foundation. So that they good at what they do, and we stick to it. You know, we don't want to change anything up. But as as a coach, I mean, I mean, he's great. He's taught me. You know, a lot of things about the game of football. I used to have film sessions with him uh, after every game. The, the following Monday, I would go up and watch the film with him. You know, just me and him just talking about, you know, basic, you know, basic football and, you know, how to be, become a better player. And then just how to read the game a different way. You know, he, he's coached in the NFL. He played in the NFL 10 years. So a lot of people don't get the opportunity for their DB coach to be an actual player and a coach in the NFL. And I got that chance and I just took full advantage of it.
0: The, uh, we've had some Twitter conversations and stuff with, uh, there's it. It's a, it's very strange right now that you guys had won the Rose Bowl the previous year. You win the Pac 12 this year. Still a very critical fan base. And uh, a lot of it is directed towards your head coach, kind of Clay Helton. Um, what if, I mean, you're active on social media. You see all this stuff. We've had kind of conversations about this, but has that been bizarre to you and, and maybe give your thoughts on Clay Helton, the job he's done?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen what's, what's, you know, been going on, on Twitter and everything like that. But I mean, we don't, we don't pay it no mind. I don't know any coach that's came in his first two years as a full coach, won the Rose Bowl, won the Pac-12 championship. And got us to a new year six bowls back to back years. I mean that that's hard to do. I mean Pete Carroll didn't do that, and he's considered one of the best coaches we've ever had. He didn't do that. You know you got to give Coach Helfen some time to lay his foundation and get what he needs to get done. You know out of the program, and I think he's doing a fantastic job. I mean when it comes to recruiting, all the all the players love him, and just when it comes to being a coach, I mean he's very He's very loved when it comes to us as players. He takes care of us to the fullest extent. He may not be the, the, the hard, I'm going to cuss you out type of coach that a lot of these other dudes are, but he has his own ways, his own style of teaching and it's working for us right now. Um, do you feel this year is going to be
0: important? I now mean, he just got an extension from, uh, Lynn Swan. So that's a good thing for, for and family and everybody, uh, stability for the program. But, you know, no Sam Darnold, um, no Ronald Jones, Deontay Burnett, you know, Jenin, there's a bunch of guys that, you know, were really big parts of this team that are no longer uh, there. If you feel like, do you feel like this is a, you know, a, kind of a make or break thing where he can really prove to everyone, hey, it wasn't just because we had Sam Darnold or it wasn't just because we had these players. Like, I am a good coach and, and we can make this team win going forward, you know, as we get player churn and turnover and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big year for him just I think every year is big for him. He takes every year the same way. And I mean to speak on we don't have this guy, we don't have that guy. I mean, what coach do you know has won anything with some players that we didn't know? You know, that that that's really hard to think about. Like when you think about I mean Stanford coach Shaw I mean, he's had great players. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harbaugh, when he was at Stanford, when they were winning, he had great players. So he's always had dudes that, you know, are in the race for the, I mean, they had Toby Gerhardt when when Harbaugh was there. And Shaw takes over and you get a guy like Christian McCaffrey and a guy like Bryce Love. So, I mean, every coach is a, I mean, as a result, every player is a result of their coach and, and vice versa. So it's, it's going to happen regardless. You're going to need great coaching and you're going to need some great players. I've never seen a coach take take a team to the championship and we didn't know not one player. No player was nationally <laughs> known or anything like that. So when people say that, it's like, yeah, I got these players, but why did I get these players? I mean, I recruited them. I mean, I think Helton was the main recruiter for Sam Darnold and brought him in with another quarterback. So what if they decided to just keep Ricky Town and not bring in Sam Darnold? So his coaching started way before he even took over full time.
0: Um, We talked about some of the criticism. What do you think maybe that's something people don't know that Clay Helton and his staff just do really well that maybe a lot of people don't even realize or know
1: about? Um, The way they get us ready for games is different. I mean, they take into consideration what we say. They always ask us, you know, do we need to slow down practice? Do we need to speed it up? And I remember the uh we were we were about to play Stanford the first time. And we had like a horrible week of practice. Like an absolute horrible week of practice. We were busting coverages at practice. Sam was throwing picks and it just felt it just felt like everything could could have went all wrong, you know, leading up to the game. But at the same time, I started talking to Heldon and all the coaches, and they were like, you know, they could feel that we were about to win the game, regardless of how how our practices went or anything. They just knew that they were going to have us ready, you know, to really win these games. It was a lot of times where we felt like, you know, we weren't going to win because of the way we prepared. But then at the end of the day, the coaches finally got us ready, you know, right before kickoff, whether that be walking around, making sure everybody knows their packets, special teams packets, whether that be walking around, making sure everybody knows the certain checks and things like that. They got us ready. Like I've never been ready before.
0: And then like on the other side of that coin, if you were like, not that you're a general manager, but you were the GM of the program, is there a tweak or two you would make that you're like, you know what? If we just start doing this, this might get better or anything like that? Anything you would kind of change?
1: Uh, You know, I don't think I would change much. I mean, I don't think I would change anything. I can't really think of anything that I would change. I mean, we won the championship. Uh, we, we lost the cotton bowl, but I mean, there was, you know, that was kind of, you know, it took a, that D line took us by surprise as a whole, but, I mean, I wouldn't change much. I think this program is on the rise once again. And I was just glad to be a part of, it, a part of it.
0: You, uh, the big part of any program is the quarterback. You got to see, you know, Matt Fink and Jack Sears. I don't know if you got to see JT Daniels. He won't be around till late summer or, you know, early fall or whatever. But, um, what do you think of the two quarterbacks? And do you have a favorite? Do <laughs> you think which one's going to win the job or any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I, I don't know who's going to win what. No idea. But, I mean, both of them are great competitors. I mean, yeah, you're right. I haven't seen J.T. Daniels. But, I mean, from what I'm hearing, I mean, he's one of the the best quarterbacks a lot of people have seen. So, he'll be able to come in and compete. And everything is just about competing. They have to be ready to compete with each other and push each other to new heights that they've never been pushed before. You know, with Sam Donald there, they knew. I mean, you kind of knew, you know, we weren't going to play and everything like that, only bar injury. But, I mean, now that the show is no one's to hold, I mean, it's wide open over there. And so I just say, come every day, every day in spring ball, compete. I mean, to your fullest ability. I mean, I've, I've been in a lot of competitions at my time at USC, and it's not a lot of times where the person I was competing with can say that they beat me out. So I would just say, you know, be ready to compete to your fullest ability.
0: You were an early enrollee when you first came to USC and you know, getting that spring practice in has to be helpful. But the I think the off season workouts seem to be very helpful too. Um, did they you've seen a lot of them. Does it change when there's an established quarterback kind of maybe spearheading the off season workouts versus uh, you know, someone new coming in and you're not really sure who the starting quarterback is yet?
1: Yeah, it changes a little bit because you don't know who who that guy's gonna be. I mean, we all knew Sam was gonna be that guy for us, so he was able to lead us and say things that other people couldn't say. But now when you got new guys, it's like the other players have to step up, you know, and be the vocals. You know, got Cam Smith is already was already a captain for us. He you know, he has to step up and be I mean, that main vocal dude, you know, Porter Gustin, things guys that have been in a program already, you know, they have to really step up and be you know, the the, the leaders you know of that team, and even even the quarterbacks that are still gonna be competing, regardless regardless if you win or not, you're still gonna be a leader. You know, looked upon as a leader on this team. So I would you know I would tell Jack and and uh Matt, you know they both have to you know try to become leaders no matter what, because if you become a, a natural leader, then it then being on the football field you be able, you'll be able to you know control your huddle and things like that, and things won't get out of line.
0: Have you seen, over your years, the off-season workouts sort of change? Because back there used to be like there would be a bunch of winter workouts before spring football, a ton of summer workouts, and then it just seems I don't know if they're just not doing as much or trying to do a more like secretly or whatever, but it just seems like there's not as much emphasis on the workouts as there were before. Have you seen any kind of change over your years at USC?
1: No, nah, we work out. It's just we work out when it's dark, whether that be at nighttime or whether that be early in the morning. We work out a grind every day, and it's every day. You know, I remember when – I mean, things have changed. When I first got to USC, the the PRPs were like a big, big emphasis. In, yeah, that's what I mean, the PRPs,
0: of, not necessarily the workouts because the conditioning you're still doing. I mean more of the PRP yeah. stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, the PRP stuff. I mean, there were a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of reporters and everything come into that. That was a big, that was a big, big deal. That's not, you know, really a super big deal nowadays. Just because you don't want to, you don't want to get injured doing that. I mean, we've had some injuries. I mean, doing that. I mean, Stephen Mitchell got injured doing that, and Kenny Bigelow got injured doing that. So he, you know, we want to keep that to a limit. You know, still get your work, but at the same time, you know, know what you have ahead. You know, know exactly what you're gonna have to do ahead. And you, you don't want to get into doing that because that's very devastating.
0: Okay. So it's kind of de-emphasized a little bit. Not really as important as it, as it was. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, looking back on your career and then the way, you know, you hope it goes forward. What would you say your biggest strengths and weaknesses are as a football player? So for weaknesses, what you want to kind of get better at, but what are your biggest
1: strengths too? Uh, I mean, as a weakness, just, I mean, my athleticism in the whole, I mean that's what I'm working on right now, just being being faster and showing everybody that I can really, you know, run. A lot of people don't think I can run. But I mean I'm I'm coming on uh March twenty first to prove a lot of people wrong. But, you know, I mean we all know what my strengths are as a player, you know, being being super smart, being able to, you know, line people up, help people out if you need to be on the field. And you know, just being a playmaker. I mean, since I've gotten comfortable playing safety, I mean, that would probably be my junior year. I mean, I've been a playmaker for our defense, you know, just make, making big time plays when it's needed, you know, in the Pac-12 championship. You know, I came out and had one of my best, you know, one of my best imp- impacts on a game ever. So just being able to become a playmaker, you know, even at the next level, you know, I just want to become a playmaker again, once again.
0: And then, uh, there's a couple more things we'll let you go
1: career sort
0: of highlights or highlights any moments during your career it doesn't even have to be in a game just something I mean it could have been in the film room where you you have an epiphany or anything like that something that some of the your favorite moments of your time at USC
1: uh my favorite moments definitely winning you know the Rose Bowl that has to go number one yeah because I mean the way our program was a few years ago you never thought you I mean you would get to that point so that that'll probably be the biggest I mean, winning the Pac-12 championship as well after losing it the way we did the first time when we played them. And, uh, I mean, probably singer night. I mean, it was, it was a big deal for me. I mean, it was our, it was our first chance to win the Pac-12 South outright. And I mean, I got the sack draft frozen. So <laughs> I mean, that's one of my favorite moments in college, being able to, you know, take him to the ground, knowing he's gonna be, you know, one of the top, you know, a top ten pick in the NFL draft.
0: Was there a moment you just kind of wish oh, I just wish this one thing went differently, anything like that?
1: Uh yeah, probably probably the Alabama game. Just just based off the fact that they you know, I I thought we played well, you know, in the first half and there was no I mean, there was no outright bully in that game. And just, you know, them being the cream of the crap of college football, you know, some. I mean, I wanted a rematch for sure, but, you know, it didn't play out like we wanted it to. But just, just that game, I wish we, you know, we could have had a rematch of that game.
0: And then one last thing for you, Chris, we'll let you go. Follow him on Twitter at Seahawk underscore four, and you can see him. Actually you can't, you have to watch our coverage because it's not open to the public, but uh March twenty first, (laughs) USC's Pro Day. Uh we'll we'll be down there shooting video and all that kind of stuff. Um if you don't get a training camp invite, you don't get drafted, what would be your next move? And would you would you pull a Michael Hutchings and and go into the real world or would you keep trying to go for football for a while? What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh that I mean, Ryan, I'm a realist, so if I don't get the opportunity you know, to play the game, you know that I love. That I've been playing a long time. I'll probably, you know, just try to go into coaching or anything like that. You know, become a GA, probably for USC or or another school. I've made a lot of connections over the years. And while I'm GA, and I can also, you know, work in commercial real estate. You know, think, you know, I took an internship over the last summer. You know, and I've made some great connections for myself. So, I mean, I I have a bright future ahead. I mean, I, I'll know. I I know for a fact I'll get an opportunity to play, you know, football. But whether I make the team, that's up to me. That's up to you know how, you know, I I tr- transfer my college skills to the to the to the NFL game.
0: It was kind of weird seeing uh, Michael walking around and see him in a suit coming to practice and stuff. It's like, yeah. yeah, he made that transition pretty smoothly, I guess.
1: Yeah, he's about to make another big transition too. He's, oh really? Yeah, he' gonna tell you guys about it later.
0: Oh, okay. Something good, hopefully.
1: Yeah, um, very. Did you guys all stay in touch? Yeah, that's Mike Sua, uh, Stephen Mitchell, Darius Rogers, Justin Davis. My class, my whole class. Those are those are my best friends. I mean, we talk on a daily. We actually got a a, a class of 2013 dinner being set up right now, to where we all just going hang out and you know have some dinner together
0: oh yeah that so for people who don't know it wasn't a big class right like the class of 2013 um, you, you guys were
1: 13 it was 13 we always include darius in our class because of what he went through with the ncaa and it was it was 13 of us total and i mean we were a close-knit group i mean you couldn't you couldn't break us apart for anything
0: yeah, you had a couple of dudes from Maryland, Bigelow and, uh, yeah. Khalil
1: Rogers. Yeah.
0: Quentin Powell, all the way out from Florida.
1: Yeah, he's still out here. So, I mean, we're, it's going to be fun to get, get back up with some guys and catch up.
0: Yeah. And Justin Davis being local too with the Rams. That's got to be yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I was
1: seeing him the other day. Uh, is he, is he enjoying that? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's having fun right now, just playing football. I mean, we all know we all can play football. It's just, if you fall into the right situation, that's what's best for you. And he did that. Yeah. Ty Isaac
0: was in that class too, right?
1: Yeah, he's out here training with me as well. Really? Yeah.
0: So he ended up so he he was from uh Illinois mm-hmm. and then transferred back to Michigan, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So but his career's over too.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, that's cool that you guys are close. That was yeah, it was a really small I mean, there's all the sanctioned stuff and everything going on and um well that was actually the that was after, that was a class that kind of fell apart a little bit, right? Cause it was, uh, 10 and 2 year for Lane Kiffin and then 7 and 6 the following year. And it did, it just did work out as well.
1: Yeah, that was the, uh, so my class was the, uh, our, the class, our senior year in high school, we, USC went 7 and 6. They were ranked number one in the country. Yeah. They ended up going 7 to 6. And we just, you know, we fought through that, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of the guys, you know, went away from USC, but, I mean, the guys that essentially came, we all fought through that. And I mean, we've all gone on to have successful careers.
0: Yeah. There was a bunch of decommits like Jalen Ramsey. And then he was, I don't know if you saw his tweet. Uh, his old coach, Tim Brewster was teaching, was tweeting something at Texas A&M using his likeness. And he tweeted at him like, you didn't teach me. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Like. Um, he was, a, serious? yeah, he was a really outspoken guy. Yeah. Cause it was, was Brewster. I believe it was right. Yeah. So he tweeted something about like the average DB salary of guys he's coached with like $9 million or something. And, and Jalen Ramsey tweeted like, don't be, you know, using my likeness to, to recruit for another school. Cause he was, you know, I'm Florida state. You didn't teach recently. Anything. Yeah. It was like yesterday. So <laughs> you have to check it out. Um, I'm just paraphrasing, but if you go look at yeah, okay. so Jalen Ramsey was always, he was always a pretty outspoken dude from, uh, always. He was from, from Nashville, I right?
1: I remember I, I, the first time I met him was in, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We were at the, uh, the,
0: yeah, it was like I the five star Yeah, the five star yeah. challenge. It was yeah. the
1: first time I met him. And I mean, he's been one of my, I still, I still talked to him. I talked to him a few days ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I still talked to him. I kept up, we kept up with each other throughout you know, college in the NFL, even one of my biggest supporters. So, you know, I still talk to him to this day.
0: Nice. All right. Well, yeah, it was a small class, but, uh it, you know, finally it's moving on and it's cool. I'm glad you guys are all tight and stuff. And we, we appreciate you coming on and spending some time and uh, sharing your thoughts with the Trojan fans out there. We certainly wish you the best of luck uh, getting ready for the pro day and hopefully uh, a long and prosperous NFL career. Oh, uh, Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, Chris. Uh, everyone, Chris Hawkins, former Trojan safety, not a former Trojan. You're always a Trojan, Trojan for life, but he's a former USC safety. Uh, watch him as he tries to make the journey from USC to the NFL, like so many have done, uh, before him. So, uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time.